Shalom, lekum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we're looking at this week's Torah Parsha, which happens to be called Bash Alak. Let me give you the uh, portion summary real quick from TorahPortions.org. Uh, just real fast, it's chapter 13, starting with verse 17, through chapter 17, verse 16 in the book of Exodus. The 16th reading from the Torah is named Bashalach, which means, when he sent. The title comes from the first verse of the reading, which can be literally translated to say, and it happened when Pharaoh sent out the people. The reading tells of the adventures of the Israelites as they leave Egypt, cross the Red Sea, receive miraculous provisions in the wilderness, and face their first battle. So the outline is, we have the pillar of cloud and fire, we have the crossing of the Red Sea, we have the pursuers drowned, we have the song of Moses, the song of Miriam, the water made bitter and sweet, bread from heaven, water from the rock, and the story this morning ends with the Amalek attacks, with Amalek attacking Israel, and is defeated. So that is what is on the agenda this morning. So let's see, three, one, two, three, quite a bit of reading, three and a half chapters or so, and a lot takes place in our story this morning. Let me just start by reading the first verse, and then I'm going to read this little tiny paragraph of devotional from TorahPortions.org that I just thought really kind of sets the stage. So let's begin. I'm still reading from the Hallelujah Scriptures. And uh, just so you know, I, do, it's, I don't think that the Hallelujah Scriptures is necessarily the best translation. Um, but it's great if you're a student of Hebrew and to give you some vocabulary. And um, you, it's, it's a balance between, yeah, there could be some better words used here. We don't necessarily need to know the Hebrew name of Egypt is Mitzrayim. But at the same time, you have the balance of, you know, God's name. Um, so it's, you know, it's, you kind of, unfortunately, we live in a world where you kind of have to choose uh, from time to time. And so I won't always be reading from the Hallelujah Scriptures, but we are going to continue that this morning. All right. Long enough introduction. Let's begin our study. The book of Exodus, Torah Parsha Bashalak, starting... Chapter 13 with verse 17. And it came to be, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that Elohim did not lead them by the way of the land of the Pelashites, that is to say the Philistines. Though that was nearer, for Elohim said, lest the people regret when they see fighting and return to Mitzrayim. So please note, very first verse here. It says that so they go, they begin their journey. The shortest and easiest way would have been to go right through the land of the Philistines. But God knew that the children of Israel, who had just went through this dramatic event, they just weren't ready to go from all of that straight into war with the Philistines. Sometimes what's best for us 
is the long route. Even though it's like God could just, it's right there. Like the Lord could just make a way. Why won't he make a way? We might be frustrated and and asking that question. Let me read this little tiny paragraph from this devotional. It's just the last paragraph here. It says, We are often in a hurry to reach our dreams and our goals. It is frustrating to take long cuts through the wilderness. God is more interested in seeing us develop in spiritual maturity than he is seeing us arrive at our dreams and our goals. He will often lead us on long, seemingly certious routes in order to teach us and prepare us for the things that lie ahead. He wants to build our character. When we rush in without his leading and training, we find ourselves surprised by the challenges and quickly overcome. That's speaking to me this morning. And I'm personally one of those people that's very stubborn and stiff-necked, unfortunately. And for me, God always seems to have to take the long journey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I unfortunately always need the, the long route versus the shortcut in order to change and learn everything that I need to learn to be prepared to do the things that God has for me to do. I wish that I could take the short road. And many times in my life, I'm frustrated and praying like, Lord, why won't you help me with this thing? This is a good thing. This is, you know, this is a spiritually good thing. This, I don't understand. God knows if you're ready or not. And while you may think you're ready, you don't know all the challenges that are up ahead. God does. And so he knows whether or not you're ready to deal with those or not. So there's kind of our little devotional right out of the gate. Uh, and the rest of the story I'm just going to read without a whole lot of commentary. But I just kind of wanted to set the stage with that to start this morning. All right, let's get back to our study here. And we'll just start right back over with verse 17. And it came to be, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that Elohim did not lead them by the way of the land of the, of the Pelishites, that is to say, Philistines. Though that was near, for Elohim said, lest the people regret when they see fighting and return to Mitzrayim. So Elohim led the people around by the way of the wilderness, of the Sea of Reeds. And the children of Yisrael went up armed from the land of Mitzrayim. And Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him, for he certainly made the children of Yisrael swear, saying, Elohim shall certainly visit you, and you shall bring my bones from there with you. Please note, even though Pharaoh and the Egyptians didn't remember Joseph, obviously the tradition had continued to be passed down because they knew that Joseph had requested that his bone, that he be buried, you know, where he's supposed to be, as opposed to being left in Egypt. Verse 20, And they departed from Sukkot and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And Jehovah went before them by day in a column of a cloud to lead the way, and by night in the column of a fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night, the column and the cloud did not cease by day, nor the column of fire by night before the people. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Yisrael, 
that they turn and camp before Pi Hachethroth, between Migdal and the sea opposite of Baal Safon, camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh shall say to the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, and the wilderness has closed them in. And I shall harden his heart, I shall harden the heart of Pharaoh, and he shall pursue them, but I am to be esteemed through Pharaoh and over all his army. And the Mistrites shall know that I am Jehovah. And they did so. And it was reported to the sovereign of Mitzrayim that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Yisrael go from serving us? So he made his chariots ready, and he took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Mitzrayim with the officers over all of them. And Jehovah hardened the heart of Pharaoh, sovereign of Mitzrayim, and he pursued the children of Israel. But the children of Israel went out with a high hand. And the Mitzrites pursued them, and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen and his army, and they reached them camping by the sea besides Pa, besides Pi hit Harath, before Baal Siphon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and they saw the Mistrites coming after them, and they were greatly afraid. So the children of Israel cried out to Jehovah. And they said, Moshe, did you take us away to die in the wilderness because there is no graves in Mitzrayim, as to say Egypt? What is this you have done to us to bring us out of Mitzrayim? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Mitzrayim, saying, Leave us alone and let us serve the Mistrites, that is to say the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Mistrites than to die in the wilderness. Moshe said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the deliverance of Jehovah, which he does for you today, for the Mitzrites whom you see today. You are never, never to see again. Jehovah fights for you, and you keep silent. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Why do you cry to me? Speak to the children of Israel, and let them go forward. And you lift up your rod, and stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it, and let the children of Israel go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, see, I am hardening the heart of the Mistrites, and they shall follow them. And I am going to be esteemed through Pharaoh, and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Mistrites shall know that I am Jehovah, when I am esteemed through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the messengers, the messenger of Elohim, who went before the camp of Yisrael, moved and went behind them, and a column of a cloud went from before them and stood behind them and came between the camp of the Mistrites and the camp of Yisrael. And it was the cloud and the darkness, and it gave light by night, and the one did not come near the other all the night. By the way, please note, some of these things are hard to imagine. The column of fire and this cloud, and then it stands in between Egypt and... Um, the Israelites, I mean, the things that they are seeing are unfathomable. And yet, because they have the same human condition that we have, it's like they have amnesia, right? 
Don't we all have this? Spiritual amnesia. God shows up, does something for us, and before you know it, we're afraid, discouraged, and lacking faith again. They're seeing all these incredible miracles. They're literally seeing this this cloud and this pillar of fire and still afraid. And they're like, Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? And now they're about to see one of the, arguably the greatest miracle recorded in the Bible. The sea parted where there's walls of water on each side and they're able to walk across on dry land. You know, some things you could try, you could really try to just chalk up to a natural event. Well, the flood, right? Like, well, it just really rained a lot and all the waters underneath the earth broke. I mean, we know that that's ridiculous and that that's God done. Only God could do such a thing, but one could try to argue. This one, explain this one in a natural sense, or explain these, the pillar, the, the, the cloud of fi- the fire and the, by night and the, and the cloud by day. Like, try to explain that stuff. The things they were seeing were amazing. Let me just read that part again. The messenger of Elohim, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the column of the cloud went from before them and stood behind them, and it came between the camp of the Mistrites and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and the darkness, and it gave light by night. And the one did not come near the other all the night. And Moshe stretched out his hand over the sea. And Jehovah caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And he made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. The Mishraites pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all the horses of Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to be in the morning watch that Jehovah locked down upon the army of the Mishraites through the column of fire and cloud, and he brought the army of the Mishraites into confusion. And he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Mishraites said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for Jehovah fights for them against the Mishraites. Then Jehovah said to Moshe, Stretch out your hand over the sea, and let the waters come back upon the Mistrites, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. Please note, I just have to make this point. Does God need Moses to stretch out his staff in order to, to do these things? The obvious answer is no. Why is he doing it then? I would argue it's so that the people of Israel understand that God is using and working through Moses, that he is to be respected and treated with reverence because he is God's chosen man. He doesn't need Moses to raise his staff, but he wants Moses to do that so the people will see that he is working through him. That is my opinion on on why that's going on. Verse 27, And Moshe stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its usual flow. At the, at the break of day, with the Mistrites fleeing into it, thus Jehovah overthrew the Mistrites, that is to say the Egyptians, in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and the army of the Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, and not even one of them was left. Please note just one more thing. 
you can do this research yourself. You're not going to find... It's not going to be in the mainstream. But it has been discovered. And any scientist worth their salt who studies these things knows that this is the truth. Even though that's that's not really uh, spoken much to the public. And that is the fact that they have found chariots and chariot wheels under the sea. Like they know that there was an army of Egyptians buried there. There's there's plenty of evidence to prove it. But it's just like it's just like they know that there was a great flood. They find seashells at the top of mountains. They know that there was. But that doesn't fit the narrative, so that's not going to be in their reports, is it? All right. I need to stop interrupting because we're going to run out of time. Verse 29, the children of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. Thus Jehovah saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Mistrites, and Israel saw the Mistrites dead on the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which Jehovah had done in Mistrites, and the people revered Jehovah and believed Jehovah and his servant Moshe. You see, that's why God is having Moses do these acts. So now, now all the children of Israel, they're like, okay, God is God. Jehovah is God and Moses is God's man. And so they finally have some revere and respect and fear for God. But they have amnesia like the rest of us. And this will be short-lived. Let's continue. We're ready for chapter 15 here. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm just going to have to power through chapters 15 and 16. Here we go. Then Moshe and the children of Israel sang the song of Jehovah and spoke, saying, I sing to Jehovah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song. And he has become my deliverance. He is my El, that is to say God. And I praise him. Elohim of my father, and I exalt him. Jehovah is a man of battle. Jehovah is his name. He has cast Pharaoh's chariots and his armies into the sea, and chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Jehovah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Jehovah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence... He pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were headed up. The flood stood like a wall. The depths became stiff in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil. My being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew them with your wind. And the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Jehovah, among the mighty ones? Who is like you, great in Kodeshah, that is to say, holiness? Awesome in praises, working wonders, you stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. The, your kindness you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. 
peoples heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of the Pelesheth. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled. The mighty men of Moab trembling grips them. All the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell upon them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone until your people pass over, O Jehovah. Until the people whom you have brought pass over, you bring them and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, O Jehovah, which you have made for your own dwelling. The Mikdash, O Jehovah, which your hands have prepared. Jehovah reigns forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea. And Jehovah brought back the waters of the sea upon them. And the children of Israel went on dry ground in the midst of the sea. And Miriam, the Nebiah, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to Jehovah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea. And Moshe brought Israel from the sea of reeds, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And they came to Marah, and they were unable to drink the water of Marah, for they were bitter. So the name of it was called Marah, and the people grumbled against Moshe, saying, What are we to drink? Then he cried out to Jehovah, and Jehovah showed him a tree, and when he threw the threw it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a law of the right ruling for them, and there he tried them, and he said, If you diligently obey the voice of Jehovah your Elohim, and do what is right in his eyes, and shall listen to his commands, and shall guard all his laws, I shall bring you on none of the diseases I brought on the mysteries, for I am Jehovah who heals you. And they came to Elam, where there were twelve fountains of water, and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the water. Chapter 16 And they departed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their going out of the land of Mizraim. And the congregation of the children of Israel grumbled against Moshe and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, If, if only we had died at the hand of Jehovah in the land of Mitzrim, when we sat by the post of meats, and when we ate bread to satisfaction. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to put all his assembly to death with hunger. So here we are. The amnesia has begun. They've already forgotten these miracles. Because in this moment they're hungry. And they're missing the comforts of Egypt. Even though they were enslaved by Egypt, they missed the comforts of Egypt. I would argue that there's not much difference between us and them. And I wish I had time to go into that more. But I don't. But I'll just say this. How long have God led, sent angels and led American believers out of Babylon 
How long would we long for the comforts of the United States? I would argue it wouldn't be long. Verse 4, And Jehovah said to Moshe, See, I am raining bread from the Shemayim for you, that is to say, heavens for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day in order to try them whether they walk in my Torah or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moshe and, answers, Moshe and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that Jehovah has brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim. And in the morning you shall see the esteem of Jehovah, for he hears your grumblings against Jehovah. And what are we that you grumble against us? Moshe said, And that Jehovah gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to satisfaction, for Jehovah hears your grumblings which you make against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against Jehovah. Moshe said, and Moshe said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before Jehovah, for he has heard your grumblings. By the way, notice that what's being said to the Israelites is, Yeah, you, you think you're grumbling against me and Aaron, but God knows the heart. You're actually grumbling against him, and he knows it. And so this is where the grumbling begins. And so by the time we get to the point where they're dying in the wilderness, when when God has finally had enough of the grumblings, you kind of you build and you're going to build that picture from here all the way to that point because this is the constant theme, just murmuring and complaining. If that's you, if you're the if you're the one who murmurs and complains constantly, and God help me, I'm looking in the mirror when I say this. We need to take that very seriously because his attitude about that is being demonstrated here with the Israelites. Continuing on. And it came to be as Aaron spoke to all the congregations of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and see the esteem of Jehovah appeared in the cloud. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe saying, I have heard the grumblings of the children of Israel. Speak to them saying, between the evenings you are to eat meat and in the morning you are able to be satisfied with bread. And you shall know that I am Jehovah, your Elohim. And it came to be that the quails came up at evening, covered the camp, and in the morning drew dew lay around all the camp. And when the layer of dew went up, and see, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as fine as frost on the ground. And the children of Israel saw that they, and they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moshe said to them, It is the bread which Jehovah has given you to eat. This is the word which Jehovah has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. An omer for each being according to the number of beings. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. And the children of Israel did so, and they gathered some more and some less. And they measured it by the omers, and he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered according to his need. And Moshe said, Let no one leave any of it till morning. And they did not listen to Moshe. So some of them left part of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moshe was wroth with them. Please note, so God is trying to teach them that he's going to provide them exactly what they need. And if they try to hoard it, that's going to go badly. And some of them did try to hoard it, and they tried to hoard the bread, and it spoiled, uh, it spoiled by the next morning. And you had worms and things of that nature. 
God is teaching them a lesson that he is the provider. He's given them meat at night by sending in the quails. And in morning, they literally have this spiritual food from heaven. And they still, because they're human beings, corrupted by sin, like all of us, they still can't trust. They're like, well, we better hoard some in case God doesn't provide tomorrow. Ugh. I can't help but see myself in these people. I mean, if I, we have to be honest. We have to examine ourselves with honesty. We're almost done here. Continue on. And they gathered it every morning, each one according to his need. And, and when the sun became hot, it melted. And it came to be on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much, much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rules of the congregation came and told Moshe. Rulers of the congregation came and told Moshe. And he said to them, This is what Jehovah has said. Tomorrow is a rest, a Shabbat. Kodesh to Jehovah. So it's a Sabbath, holy to God. That which you bake, bake. And that which you cook, cook. And lay up for yourselves all that is left over to keep it until morning. And they laid it up till morning, and Moshe commanded, and it did not stink. And no worm was in it. And Moshe said, Eat it today, for today is the Shabbat. To Jehovah. Today you do not find it in the field. Gather it six days, but on the seventh day, which is the Shabbat, there is none. And it came to be that some of the people went out on the day of the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And Jehovah said to Moshe, How long shall you refuse to guard my commandments and my Torah? That is to say, my laws. See, because Jehovah has given you the Shabbat, therefore he is giving you bread for two days on the sixth day. Let each one of you stay in his place. Do not let anyone go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day, and the house of Israel called the name Bana. And it was like white corridor seed, and the taste of it was like a thin cake made of honey. Moshe said, This is the word which Jehovah has commanded. Fill an omer with it, and keep it for your congregation, so that they see the bread which I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim. Moshe said to Aaron, Take a pot and put some of the omer and manna in it, and put it down before Jehovah to keep for your generations. As Jehovah commanded Moshe, so Aaron put it down in the witness to keep. And the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to the inhabited land, and they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And Omer is one-tenth of Benifa. Chapter 17. Sixteen more verses, and then we'll be finished here. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed on their journey from the wilderness of Sin, according to the command of Jehovah, and camped in Raphadim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people strove with Moshe and said, Give us water to drink. And Moshe said to them, Why do you strive with me? Why do you try Jehovah? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moshe and said, Why did you bring us out of Midstream to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? And then Moshe cried out to Jehovah, saying, What am I to do with this people? And yet a little they shall stone me. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Pass over before the people, and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the rod which you struck the river, and go. See, I am standing before you, there on a rock in Horeb, and you shall smite the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people shall drink. 
And Moshe did so before the eyes of the elders of Yisrael. And he called the name of the place Massah and Merabah because of the strife of the children of Yisrael and because they tried Jehovah, saying, Is Jehovah in our midst or not? And Amalek came and fought with Yisrael and Rephidim. And Moshe said to Yahushua, Choose for us men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I am stationing myself on the top of the hill with the rod of Elohim in my hand. And Yahushua did as Moshe said to him to fight with Amalek. And Moshe and Aaron and Har went up to the top of the hill. And it came to be, when Moshe held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moshe's hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put him under it. And he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Yehoshua defeated Amalek and the people with the edge of the sword. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Write this for a remembrance in a book, and recite it in the hearing of Yahushua, that I shall completely blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the Shamayim. And Moshe built an altar, and he called its name Yehovah Nasi. For he said, Because a hand is on the throne of Yah, Jehovah is to fight against Amalek from generation to generation. And that, my friends, is the end of our Porsche Parsha for this week. And I am out of time, but I pray that you've been blessed and strengthened and that these words have spoken to you this morning. Please, consp- please consider supporting the Mission of Truth by going to scripturenprophecy.com. There's a support and donate tab at the top. And, of course, your prayers are always much coveted. That's all I have for you this morning. Shalom, alekum, peace be upon you. And until next time, God bless.